New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. Today's podcast has been proudly brought to you by Tradey Web Guys. Tradey Web Guys work with tradespeople only on their websites and marketing solutions to help them stand out from their competition. Everything from web design through to SEO, search engine marketing, content creation, you name it, guys. It is a customized solution for trade-based organizations, and it's fantastic. Head across to tradywebguys.com.au forward slash apply, fill in the form, and let's have a conversation. Giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Site Shed. Now here's your host, Matt Jones. Hello, listeners and viewers. Welcome back to the Sidechain Podcast. You are joining us today for part two of the Exit Strategy versus Wishful Hoping series that I'm conducting with my series co-host, Danielle Putnam from the new flat rate uh, over in the US. Danielle, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Matt. Great to be back. We're talking all exit strategy, which is kind of cool. Very hot topic for trade business owners all around the world. Um, something that a lot of them would they see as a bit of a, a, a wish, if you want to say that. Um, <laughs> Hence why we've sort of called it, named the series, I guess. But it's certainly, I've worked in organizations where they have just been relentlessly acquiring companies. So for you guys that think that trade businesses can't be purchased, trust me, they can and they are regularly, just um, maybe not in plain sight of you. Regardless, we did touch a little bit on back in episode one on, you know, how to plan that exit strategy. And I encourage you guys to listen to that one out, listen to that one check that one out. That's where I was going with that. Because a lot of what we're going to talk about today in value building is going to relate back to, you know, making sure you've got that clear exit strategy in play. And guys, I don't expect you to know, you know, to, to do how to do these things. You're like, it's not, it's not common knowledge. There are a lot of people out there that can help you. There's a lot of good coaching programs that can help you with these sort of things. So I encourage you to, there's a lot of good books, there's a lot of good podcasts, there's lots of information out there. Just go yeah. and find relevant information that can help you, you know, formulate these these strategies and get it done, you know. It's a very valuable business tool. And again, you know, you, this, is, this isn't stuff that you're taught when you're going through trade college. This is stuff that is on you to go and learn in, you know, on, on your own accord. So get out there and do it. I mean, you've only got yourself to really um, to hold accountable to that sort of thing. So Danielle, in this episode, we're talking about value building and those, this is more about this episode is going to be more about, you know, what we need to build to make our business look more appealing to people that are potentially looking to acquire or if that's not the case, certainly build value into the business so that it's got more value to, to it in the space of maybe turnover, maybe operations, maybe delivery, number of different different areas. So I'd love to hear, I suppose, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because value comes in so many different 
ways, shapes, and forms. I think people do tend to value the wrong things a lot. Like when we speak value, a lot of people would instantly be navigating towards, you know, how much turnover my business does. But I think you and I both know, no one that has any clue really cares about turnover. It's more about what's left over. And so um, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes I think those metrics get a little bit skewed. I think as you you get it, get a little bit more experience in business, you start to understand that the value becomes more those metrics that lead up to things and result in things like turnover or profit and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very seldom that um, the value itself is the actual goal, you know, or the Mm -hmm. financial turnover of the business is actually the goal that's normally the result of a well-executed strategy. So over to you. Yeah, a well-executed strategy uh, you know, like we talked about in episode one, starting to think about what what my why is, what do I want? Do I want to sell? Do I want to just be a silent partner and owner or whatever it is? Value building. Let's get our mindset back over to, I think it's important to say even the word value building. How valuable is my company today? How valuable do I want it to be? And focusing every day my priorities on making my company, my business today as valuable as it can be, knowing that someday you will exit. And so before then, Today, I don't want to waste today. I want to use this opportunity to make my business as valuable as it can be today. And that's going to, of course, be, like you said, in the form of all sorts of things. Uh, But a few, for example, are going to be, you know, your business, your revenue, how much revenue is coming in. When the numbers change, you have to change. So do you have seasonal business? Uh, Do you have slow seasons and busy seasons? If so, that's a way that you can be more valuable and jump into right away. What can you do? You can have to look to other verticals and diversify to even out so that you don't have the slow seasons, right? If we're going to be valuable today, we can't afford to have a slow season. So being thinking, you know, what do I need to do? What can I add vertical wise? What other things my team, you know, already has all these equipments and these skill sets. What else can we start offering in the home when we're there? Monthly recurring revenue. It's super important when it comes to value building of your business. You know, people that are going to buy it potentially want to know, you know, what's your monthly recurring revenue? Well, we don't always have that in service industries and the trades. We do have in the terms of um, like service agreements. Mm. You guys probably have those in Australia too, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Service agreement customers. Uh, you know, so a lot of times somebody looking to, to buy your company will ask, you know, how many service agreement companies? customers do you have? Because they're just trying to see how many contracted customers and the loyalty there. You know, of course we know too loyalty wise, and oh, I don't want to talk too much. If the customers bought once and bought twice from you, they're more susceptible to be more loyal. But what about if you add more verticals and you're in their home more often and you can do more things for them because you diversify, that's even more stickiness and loyalty too, right? I'll take yeah. a breath and pause. I think there's a lot of, you know, with the service agreement style of, and we actually did a podcast on service agreements as well. And um, the general consensus there was they're good to have, but they're not. They can also be a red flag for a potential Mm -hmm. acquirer uh, because what can happen is if you've got a, a service agreement that has depending on the terms, you know, like if you're going to set service agreements in play, then you've got to make sure that there's, you pretty much don't want to make make them extend beyond a year. Mm-hmm. And if you do extend them beyond a year, you're in a situation where you've got potential cash flow coming in and then you've got a whole bunch of work that you haven't delivered on, but you have to, yeah. um, yep. which which can be quite a, quite a deterrent from a potential um, acquisition Sure could. So yeah, I mean, value building, obviously, you know, turnover goals are important as much as turnover goals are important. Um, I would say what's more important is 
profit margin. And this is actually a situation that we've encountered with a coaching program that I'm involved with called Trading Mate Pro. And we've had a lot of clients who would come in there. And when we break down their profit, profit revenue from the different areas within their business, like you were saying before, different mm-hmm. different verticals within their business. Say a common example is if they're like a plumbing company. And I mean, I get this all the time, like from running a digital agency, you know, we work with plumbers and we build their websites. And I say, right, what do you specialize in? They're like, well, we do everything. I'm like, Great. So it's like almost right. impossible. It's almost impossible to market. But yeah. But you know, when we look at when we look into some of these businesses into the actual numbers and you say, Oh, you know, what do you do? We oh we do, you know, some some new work. We work with, you know, a bunch of builders. And I'm like, okay, and you dive deep into the numbers of the of of like that side of the business and you learn yeah. that the profit margins from that side of the business are, you know, five, ten percent, like ridiculously low. The labor intensity of, of that side of the business it occupies about you know 70 percent of the the staff's time and resource yeah. and then you go look at their maintenance division and the maintenance division's you know operating at about you know 45 percent profit it's a tiny little part of the business because all of the staff and all of the you know the labor and all the all of the resource is basically over on the on the, the construction side of the business and it's but that's just keeping everyone busy. And until you sort of dive deep into yeah. to these numbers, you realise, hang on a minute. So if I cut this, I'd be losing potentially, you know, 50, 70% of the business annual turnover, but I'd mm-hmm. be increasing my profit margins by 40%. Right. Yeah. So what you're saying, the importance of tracking and how mm-hmm. many things are we not tracking? And like, can we please just everybody listening today to start tracking today, to start tracking at least something today. Like you said, the different verticals are the different things. Uh, And zeros, we find over here, a lot of people don't count the zeros. So maybe it's like we call it a a diagnostic or a a service charge. You know, you'll go out to a home to to give an estimate or to find the problem to do the diagnosis. And if for some reason a diagnostic charge is not charged, it's a $0 call. People don't like to count the zeros. It's really an important number to count. And so what what are you tracking? Start tracking today. If you're going to be valuable or watch your value building, make sure that you're tracking today. And even if it's the wrong things, you can direct it and change it as you go, but definitely be tracking. I I think less people, like people don't track as much as, as they realize. Or they think they do, I mean. After working with organizations that, you know, as I said before, are prolific (laughs) acquirers and and a lot of the conversations I've had on the podcast over the years and people that we speak to in our community, you know, people that also are pretty proactive when it comes to, you know, buying businesses and that kind of stuff and adding them onto their own. Typically, the the main things they're looking at in an acquisition are, believe it or not, it's not it's not often the turnover side of things. It's, it's, it's nearly always the profit that's left in the business. Mm-hmm. It's always something to do with goodwill. So the name that mm-hmm. the business has and the, you know, the reputation mm-hmm. that the business has. And a lot of that reputation, yeah. if it's a small business, can be tied to the business owner. And then it's also, you know, at a, you know, maybe a, I won't say secondary, but it also, you know, they, they might be looking at, okay, well, how does this business run? Um, are there processes in place? Is there a team in place? You know, mm-hmm. is how much of this falls on the business owner or the high level management, so on and so mm-hmm. forth? If I did buy this company, who'd be coming with the sale? Would the operations manager be coming? Would the staff be coming? So on and so forth. And then there's also a conversation, you know, like in, in terms of cultural match, you know? So, and you, yes. see this, you see this a lot in, and, 
I mean, you touched on it back in episode one when you were telling a bit about your story and, you know, you had a, you're working in a business and they went, they floated an IPO and then you all, you ended up back where you are, you know, over, over and, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and very often that happens, you know, where businesses acquire companies and, you know, there's not necessarily a cultural match and people leave or, you know, mm-hmm. there's managers take on, you know, other areas of the business and uh, people are forced out. So there's all these different things, you know, and when somebody's looking at buying a business, they're trying to tie all these pieces together and see how yeah. that's going to look and how that's going to fit. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more to it than, you know, than meets the eye and value, as I said before, can can have many different take many different forms it sure can culture is important like you said too is you know what kind of depending on what the buyout looks like if, if you're going to get bought out what kind of people do you want taking over your business you know is it somebody else in town uh, that you like their culture and you would feel that that was a good legacy of yours to pass on to that company it's another thing to look at that's important uh, but profit too like you you hit on being honest i think so much of what we're talking about in this series is you have to go back to being honest with yourself and being realistic, the honesty of what my profit really is. And so whether you have a CPA, somebody that you work with, uh, having an outside person that you know I can trust or just put yourself out there, your neck on the guillotine and say, hey, take a look at my business and be honest with me. Look at your profit. Are you actually spending all your profit? Are you actually profitable? Do you have profit? What is the real number? Like, Learn your numbers, ask for help. And then we have a show out here, well, Shark Tank. Do you guys watch Shark Tank? I think I've seen, there must be a British one because it's recently been popping up on my Facebook feed <laughs> and I've, I'm not really, I don't really watch television. Yeah. That, but I must admit, I've, I've been sucked into a few of these segments and I find them quite exciting. <laughs> well, a few. Uh, that's, I know that there's all different kinds of things, but the Shark Tank one, for example, you know, here you are, you've got your business and you're going to walk into this shark tank of investors and you walk up and you say, hey, you know, my name's Danielle or my name's Matt and this is my business and I do this and, you know, I'm in the trades or whatever. And then they start attacking you. Well, what's this? What's that? They're asking for all your numbers. And, uh, you know, they either decide to invest in your business or they decide not to. But taking that shark tank approach and being vulnerable enough to approach somebody, whether it's a potential investor, even if you're not ready to sell, so that you can kind of get that attack to find out what are they looking at, what, what should I improve, what doesn't make sense to a, a potential buyer, or what does make sense. I think it's interesting. I mean, I haven't, as I said, I haven't watched a whole lot of them, but I found it quite surprising, to be honest, that mm-hmm. the, fir- the first thing that these people would do, I mean, they go in and they do this pitch, and some of them are just dismal, but like, I, <laughs> I would think if I'm sitting there, all, like having presenting those numbers to those to that panel right first thing i would do and i'm like no, i haven't seen a single person yet walk up with <laughs> folders and go here are our numbers here are our financials and this is yeah and then, they don't know them i'm like well maybe they do know them but i'm like god you think that'd be the first thing i mean you know yeah. because the first questions they always ask are around well let's talk about this 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 like yes. it's always number based well good point them. though good point so when it comes to value building if it's always number based what numbers do we need to know exactly. taking a look at those and then okay how can we make it a little bit more valuable now? Yeah. And those questions, they're always, they're always around things like, well, let's talk about your current customers. Let's talk about your past mm-hmm. customers. Let's talk about your marketing. Let's mm-hmm. talk about this. Let's talk about that. Like it's mm-hmm. it, because they know you better than anyone. You know, that drives profitability at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And you'll also find as well, like in making your business valuable, I mean, you look at 
you know, some of these classic cases of super valuable business that don't make any profit. And you think, well, why are they valuable? You know, you look at, I mean, it's not really relevant to trades, but some of these, you know, Instagrams and all this kind yeah. of stuff that were bought sure. for a billion dollars, why are they worth a billion dollars? Because they don't make any money. But then you look yeah. at the value that comes with that business in the form of the customer base, the database, the goodwill, the name, the presence, the you know, the, the branding, yeah. marketing opportunities, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, for Facebook to come along to them and you know, and say, "Oh, we'll buy this business for a billion dollars," like the most undervalued. I mean, they got it at right. an absolute steal. Isn't you know? that crazy? Yep. And so there's a lot more that goes into, there's mm-hmm. a lot more perspective there, I suppose, with mm-hmm. with value building from somebody that actually has a deep understanding of what value looks like. And I encourage you guys to have a, a good understanding of what some of those metrics might look like for your business and consider things out that aren't obvious. Consider things like, okay, well, let's look at our, you know, our, our current brand representation. How are we pictured in the marketplace? How do we, how do we look up against perhaps some competitors and I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. saying you need to compare yourself, but I'm just saying it's, it, it's good to have some perspective on mm-hmm. you know, what the rest of the market looks like and how you're positioned within it. You know, what are you, what is your, you know, what is your existing customer contact base look like and how do you communicate with them? I mean, we deal with this daily. We have, we have programs in place that help business owners, trade business owners, re-engage with their with their database because uh-huh. they've just got this churn and burn mentality yeah. where they go and close a totally. sale and they never speak to them again until mm-hmm. their drains block again and they have to call them. Like right. it's insanity. And like from a marketing yeah. agency point of view, like we run Google Ads for companies and we do all this kind of stuff. And like the, the budget that you need to run a successful Google Ads company, if you're a electrician or a you know a plumber or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. it's huge budget. Mm-hmm. If these guys could just get good at re-engaging their database, they'd probably never yeah. have to spend it. Yeah, you know, and it could be as simple as, hey, thank you for letting us you know provide great service to you today saying thank you. You know, I just, even as a homeowner, so often contractors come to our house and they deal with my husband all the time, but I'm the one that's out here in the workforce doing other things, talking to people and I'm the social one. So if they would just send me a note, Hey, it was great, you know, being at your house and send me their card. I'd pass it around to all my friends. We had a a patio built or installed. We did the stamped concrete on our patio a couple years ago. And it's my favorite thing. Best contractors we ever had. And I could not tell you their names. Because they never called me. They never sent me anything, you know? So we have all these missed opportunities. To your point, value building today doesn't have to be that difficult. But mm-hmm. don't churn and burn. Like, nurture your customer base. And then and start enjoying the revenue and the increased profits. And we can talk about it even in the, in the next episode more. But if you're going to gracefully exit, whether you want to stay on as an owner or actually sell out and what that looks like. But value building today could be as simple as doing one thing a little bit better than I did yesterday. All right, let me take a look at my marketing and let me just step it up just a notch. All right, let me take a look at um, you know my my office, my front end. I used to do this thing and I did a talk once, Matt, called the executive ride along. And I practice in my team and I'm happy to give any of your uh, listeners the download anytime. But it's all about how you know inspect what you expect. We all hear it and we think that oh you know we're so valuable. But we trained somebody when they first came on board. Like when's the last time you actually did a ride along with one of your technicians, mm-hmm. right? When's the last time you actually did a ride along and went and sat next to your dispatcher or your customer service representative? As owners, we get busy and we train people one time and then we just assume that they're still doing it how we trained them, Mm -hmm. right? 
So executive ride along, just take yourself and sit next to them. Hey, you're not in trouble. I'm here just to make sure that you have all the tools and the resources that you need. But even going, I mean, it's painful to go out in the field with your guys. It's painful to sit next to your office people and to see what's really going on because we have to fix little things and tweak here and there. And then we can get our value up and get our value up by doing just a little bit more than we did yesterday. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. I mean, it's all about improving the process. And I think that's a a big thing, you know, like a lot of people don't revisit a lot of these systems. They don't revisit a lot of the, you know, the processes that they put in place thinking, well, it's, you know, I've done it, it's finished, it's complete. But the reality is like everything changes and everything can be improved. And, you know, and, and to that point, there's a good chance that you'll put someone in a position that can do something a lot better than you can do it, and that's the yeah. whole idea. And so mm-hmm. you know, that, that whole process that you put them in charge of, you should expect them to be able to improve it, and you should also give them the flexibility to be able to document it and update the processes so that, you know, looking forward, you know, that's, a, that's, how, that's how that task should be delivered, you know. So I think, you know, realistically when you're looking at value building, and I, I say this with confidence, like, most of the listeners that are watching, of all viewers that are watching this or listening to this, they would not be putting, they are not putting the amount of, the right amount of value into past and present customers. And I know it because this is what, mm-hmm. this is the space we deal with. They just don't do it. Yeah. And, and again, yeah. it's not, I'm not having a go with them because I know it's something that's unfamiliar to them. Like it's easy yeah. to run a Google Ads campaign because someone else does it, it runs and they just handle yes. their own. But it's different when you have a conversation around, well, how can we build, add value to your existing customers? And so we like to create content or work with clients to create content that's valuable mm-hmm. to them. We're not talking about ramming sales down their throat. We're saying, well, what about this project you just completed? Do you not think yeah. that people would like to hear about this and see the work that you've been able to do for this person? Like, What if they relate to it and they want something similar? Like there's that whole ecosystem that comes into play that is so regularly neglected and, to be honest, just straight out relegated on the list of important things that need to be done. Right, yeah. (laughs) And I I say to guys all the time when they come into our programs, you know, I say if you don't make this part of your process, it will always get relegated on the list of important things that need to be done down to the point where having a beer at the pub on Friday afternoon after work is going to become more important than filling in this form. Mm -hmm. And so I just challenge you guys out there to really like to really rip in and make like just get these things done, you know, and you could sit down there for an hour and you could figure out 15 ways that you could add value or you could, you know, do something better than you're currently doing. But the reality Mm -hmm. is you won't because you're busy and you'd rather go home and watch TV, you know, we kind of, and then, and then your exit's just going to happen to you someday and it's not going to be what you wanted it right. to be. Facebook's going to come along and buy your business and, yeah. you know, for a billion dollars. Like it's <laughs> – see, and, but again, it is this kind of a testament to you look at something like Instagram and you look at, you know, okay, it looks like an overnight success, but the amount of work that went into getting that where, you know, where it, where it was at the point of acquisition, um, there's all that stuff that you can't see, you know, and it was a mm-hmm. tiny team. I think there was like six or seven people on that team at Instagram, but, you know, that they had so many things in, in place that was delivering consistently and, it, mm-hmm. you know, it had all a lot of those ducks in line. So, you know, there's a lot of things and, and it will be the same for your business, guys. Like it, it, people, it might not be obvious from the surface, you know, and it very rarely will be obvious from the surface. You look at like the old iceberg, you know, cliche, mm-hmm. you know, term where, not, yeah. <laughs> where most of it's underwater, you know, and it's true. A lot yeah. of it you can't see, but that's super valuable. And when people start looking in your business, you know, at what's valuable, most of what they're looking at 
is not going to be the clean truck, mm-hmm. the shiny, you know, polished uniforms and the big smiles yeah. and the text. A lot of it's going to be under the doona. Yeah. And the person that's like, if, if somebody's going to buy it, that might not be what they need. They might not need the clean trucks. So having the conversations and keeping the, the conversations happening with coaches, with investors, with people, uh, you know, what's valuable, what's valuable. Exactly, what's valuable. Like you say, Lob, we've got a nice new fleet of trucks. Well, that's great. Mm -hmm. We've already got our own trucks and they're not branded Mm -hmm. for ours, so you can keep them. We don't want that part of the sale. Right, right. You know, so you've got to have a lot of perspective and an open mindness towards that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. This has been great. Um, Is there anything you wanted to cover off on, I suppose, before we jump into the final episode? Hey, I love it. I don't want to make it any longer than it was. You already hit on, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, these last four words I like to say, though, clarify, simplify, maximize, and multiply. And so when it comes to valuable, your business right now today, clarify what it is that we do, simplify your processes, simplify, you know, everything, your marketing, your message, maximize what you're doing before you multiply. And uh, that's just a good rule of thumb before you do anything else to the value build. I love it. I think as well on that topic, it's good. To, I like that the multiplier is at the end of that because mm-hmm. if you don't have that process dialed in, everything will duplicate mm-hmm. and compound for better or worse. <laughs> and you'll <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> So make sure you've got it working before you, uh, before you flick the switch on it. And, I mean, this is something I think so many people are, are too rushed with things. They're mm-hmm. like want to get things to market without – yeah. Finding and uh, I mean, over the years, I've certainly learned to take our time with things and do it slowly because you, mm-hmm. if it's not proven and you you still need to process things and get things documented, you know, you, if you if you're too quick to get things out there and all of a sudden there's a huge flood of say for example sales or whatever, mm-hmm. all of a sudden all you've got is a, a shitstorm uh, which is getting bigger and bigger and it's turning into a typhoon. You know. Cool, cool. All right, well, let's wrap that up. Um, folks, that was the second episode of the Exit Strategy versus Wishful Hoping series that I'm conducting with uh, my series co-host here, Danielle Putnam from The New Flat Rate. The website there is thenewflatrate.com. And uh, we're going to be coming back in the third and final episode where we're going to be talking about uh, gracefully exit and what your options are. So uh, thank you once again, Danielle. And um, hey, thanks, Matt. Folks, if you've got any experiences or questions or you want any follow-up or anything like that, hit us up in the Facebook community. By all means, you can jump in there. It's free. There's 6,000 global business owners, trade business owners in that group. So um, you can certainly be part of the conversation there. And um, you'll see this podcast hit that group when it's uh, when it goes live. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of Toolbox Talks. If you're liking what you hear, then you can head across to the siteshed.com where you can join our community by signing up to our Toolbox Talks. Uh, You'll get sent a weekly notification, which is basically a highlight of everything that we've spoken about during that week, along with any other industry news that may be relevant or specific to the trades. If you're enjoying the show, you can head across to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud where you can leave us a review. Uh, That would be fantastic, and all the reviews get read out in the show. Uh, Likewise, if you have any friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from the show and the the episodes that we create, then please go ahead and share it with them. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 
13,000% return on ad spend. Please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation, and I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.